Hello and welcome to Salopcast Time Machine. Um, we're going back to 2009 again, um, following on from the last Time Machine podcast, and we're going this time to Bury. Um, so this was a game that is often um, said by a lot of town fans, particularly of our age, mm. Glenn, the millennials following town, that this was the best away day we've ever had yeah. um, from an atmosphere point of view. So yeah, it was a big day. I'm sure you were there. I certainly was, yeah. For, for my reference then, I was sitting, well, standing, because none of us sat down, sat, sat down, did we? But no. I was at the very, as you face the goal, I was at the very back at the right-hand side, um, you know, quite a way away from the centre of the goal. But I, I've seen your videos today, Ollie, and you were quite right in the mix, weren't you? Yeah, I was right in the mix. And I, um, unfortunately, the quality um, is not... Um, Becky was like... Was 2009 really that low, high quality? It was just the video we had. Um, and you can actually see me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so basically, if you... So when, they, um, when, they, when, the, game kicks, when the game kicks off to penalties, yeah. um, I'm about one metre above the goal line. Oh, so wow. I was in a perfect spot, right in the middle of everyone, um, with my mate Pete and uh, Mike Doverson and people like that. And um, yeah, it was interesting. This So again, just kind of repeating, um, obviously I didn't live in Shrewsbury after the age of 11, um, but by this time, so basically this, the first season at the Meadow was my f- start, I guess almost my restart of my support in Shrewsbury yeah. and an intense following. So this season, I'd, yeah, I went to loads and loads of games like you like you were. So yeah, for me, this is quite fun because obviously this is um, this is real real knowledge for me as well. And obviously all the players <laughs> I remember and all that. So yeah, it's a good, good fun go down memory lane. So yeah, we're doing this again, Ollie, back to 2009, as you said. And uh, it's because Shrewsbury Town are putting out the highlights of the whole of the playoff game at Berry. Um, including, which is brilliant, Ollie, beforehand, sort of the, the, the coverage on Sky, including, I think it's Stuart McCall in the studio and, and his yeah. comments about us, which we'll run through sort of as we go, which is pretty hilarious, to be fair. So, um, yeah, a great day. One of my favourite away days, Ollie. It's definitely in my top 10. I'd have to have a really good think about whether it's the number one, but it'd definitely be pushing it. Yeah, for me, this is definitely number one. Um, Still? And okay. this is the days when um, we didn't have... I can't remember, 2009, yes, yeah, so the iPhone was in existence and stuff around those days. But um, yeah, I used to take a camera um, with me to take photos and stuff. Um, mm. And I've got quite a lot of videos from this day. So we're going to um, use those videos, take the audio from them um, and to give people a bit of bit of noise um, from what it was like um, as we go through. So the first one we've got is um, talent fans chanting um, um, the blue flag on the way to Wembley. So let's get into the action. So, as we know, um, Shrewsbury Town won 4-3 on penalties um, after extra time. And in terms of coming into the game, so we had the first, because Shrewsbury finished um, bottom of the teams in the playoffs, um, we were playing at home first. So we played mm-hmm. Berry at the Meadow. Um, I can clearly remember um, the header back from Neil Ashton into the own goal. Um, oh, but we did play well, as Stuart McCall says, um, and we created lots of chances. It's interesting us going away from home because um, we'd only won three away games all season. Um, yeah. And so going away to Bury um, was going to be a bit of a challenge, potentially. And also, obviously, Bury had done well in terms of their season. So, yeah, yeah what, any other comments, Glenn, on the intro? To- yeah, they were unbeaten in 12, Bury, going into the game, Ollie. I don't know if you saw that. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I thought when I was watching the highlights back, the referee looked like John Moss, but it was a guy called Colin Webster. They were a bit, a bit of a spin, spitting image for each other. And, um, 
Yeah, it was definitely you know a bit of a mismatch. Obviously, you just talked about the first game, which was which was a better game for us. But in terms of the the overall performance in the season, you know, Berry were definitely favourites, and, and even more so with the with the one goal lead. So we definitely were the underdogs, weren't we, going into this? Yeah, we were. Despite some of the good players we had, yeah, our form basically meant that Berry were were favourites, and it's and always this is the case um, when you have um, a League Two playoff game. Um, yeah, it's clearly people are just going to look at the old league table. Um, yeah. As well as we went into the game, yeah, and yeah, it's brilliant. When you start watching the pre-match highlights, obviously people will watch that as well. But it, it's it's fantastic watching it because, um, yeah, it was obviously a sellout. The whole stadium was sold out, which was brilliant and, and really helped create an atmosphere. And that comes across on the TV coverage. Um, one of the things on the TV coverage I didn't like, Ollie, is we were using the clip art uh, lion badge, weren't we? It was that era, so not a huge fan yeah, of that. Um, it was. Yeah, not at the best kit either. I don't think. <laughs> no, def- definitely not. Um, and then yeah, they did an interview with uh, Alan Nil before the match, the Berry manager, and uh, he was quite wary, which was which was fair enough. Looking back, just one goal in it, obviously, um, and he knows how fast football can change. Um, and they think that Berry can be better than the first leg. Obviously, he was he was wary about um, how poor they'd been at our place, even though they'd won. Um, and then there was this big chat about whether he was wearing his lucky trousers or not, which was pretty funny. Um, and then Simpson did a quick manager. He said, "I've, I've done all I can do now. It's time for the players to go out." Um, he says we take confidence from that Dagenham game we covered last week, and there's no fear in the dressing rooms. So that was that was managers. And then just before they went to um, go to the, the match, starting off, uh, Stuart McCall asked what he thought was going to happen, and he really did say, "I think it's going to go to extra time." <laughs> so he got that bang on, Ollie. Yeah, he was really good actually. Stuart McCall was mm. really good in the studio. He was quite good. Good to someone. Had, he was quite impartial as well. Um, he was complimentary about both teams. I'm interested in um, how people move on. Obviously, Simpson. Um, now works in the England system, and um, and Nil is the assistant manager for Sheffield United. So yeah, it's interesting to see how how players move on and and managers um, change change roles. Yeah, and during, during the intro, there was two other things. We'll run through the team section in a minute. But do you remember it chucking it down with rain? I really don't remember it raining. But like just as the game kicked off and the, the no, I remember where I remember I was wearing a t shirt. Yeah, I was wearing a Superman t shirt <laughs> a t shirt on on the day. And then it's really funny, everyone's wearing coats and stuff. And then one of your favourite players is wearing gloves. Oh, we'll get to him. We'll get to him, Ollie. Don't you worry about that. Um, yeah, so team selection then. We'll run through these quickly just, just to, for posterity. So in goal, we had Luke Daniels. Uh, and then right back, Moss. Centre-backs, Langmead and Coughlin. And then Neil Ashton at left back. Um, David Worrell came in for Humphreys, who had a hamstring injury from the from the first game, which was a bit unfortunate, on right wing. Ben Davis and Paul Murray in central midfield, and McIntyre again out on the left, and then Holt up front, but this time with Omar Reza. Um, Reza was just back from his worldwide ban, which was a hilarious point in uh, his career, um, and Chadwick got dropped. So, yeah, I mean, we watched the first game back, and from the time, it was a real shame to miss in Humphreys, wasn't it, after Harry played away at Dagenham when we watched that? Yeah, he was a big miss. Um, one of the best three players in the team, really, wasn't he, in terms of his impact uh, up there mm. with Holt and Davis in terms of his ability. Um, so, yeah, he was a big miss. Um, and, yeah, in terms of Berry's team, they had some quite good players as well, didn't they, to be fair? It was quite a strong team. Um, was to, yeah. I'd say, let's say, quite a, an experienced front two. Oh, God, yeah, they, they certainly had the experience. I mean, yeah, we'll just, the very team for everyone that... Um, obviously he's watching it back was Brown in goal Haslam at right back Effie Soji and Ben Futcher at centre backs Buchanan at left back and then Bennett Elliot Bennett who we'll talk about a lot during this game um, obviously a Shropshire lad at, at right wing Dawson and Barry Murphy central midfield and then Jones Mike Jones on right wing uh, left wing who was obviously an ex-town player and then Jevons and Morrell the two you're talking about um, yeah so Mike Jones had obviously been on loan with us so we were aware of him and, and as I said Elliot was from Telford I think the one interesting thing for us was that Andy Bishop didn't start um, and he played every game for Barry that season 
and he always scored against us, didn't he? So it was a real bonus for us. You know, we had Humphreys out, but the fact he couldn't start Bishop was good for us. Yeah, he was injured at this point. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, I was chatting to my mate Adam, who I've often spoken about, um, the Berry fan, um, about this game, and yeah, took him back, and he was gutted <laughs> um, this result. Um, I was kind of talk, chatting to him real time, I was watching it back, um, and the chances <laughs> we missed. And his, um, his sister's an absolutely massive Berry fan, um, she actually was one of the. She actually created one of the first clubs to have a Twitter account and live tweet football matches uh, in the football league. And he said this is the only game she's ever cried at. Um, and yeah, the emotion because we obviously we had the other side of the emotion. I cried. Um, the emotion for those guys must have been must have been really bad. Um, it was very much an emotional game. And and as we go through, and those guys that are too young to know weren't at the game. Um, it was like almost. Uh, it was almost a script. I don't think you could have wrote. You know, this is where football sometimes creates great memories. And I think if you've written this as a script, someone probably would have said it's not realistic. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, the, the whole moments we'll run through are crazy. And it is, it is a mad game at times. There's also long periods of it where it's hugely unentertaining and typical League 2 It's very football. League 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it wasn't like... The, my overall vision of watching it back was it wasn't the overall classic game that I think my memory had kind of convinced me that it was. However, no. it was uh, a very, very exciting game as a Shrewsbury Town fan. But um, it, it was nice to cover a game, Molly, where the first kick of the game was not someone just kicking it straight out of play. <laughs> No, so what happened? Well, they, we kicked it off and uh, they just played a nice bit of passenger play, didn't they? So, um, yeah, it was it was quite nice, really, that um, yeah, it wasn't just awful awful football like the last two Southcast time machines where we look back at a game. But, yeah, it was it was funny. The Berry fans um, were pretty vocal from the off and it was really noticeable that they went for Ashton, obviously, for his mistake. Um, and when he did his first back pass to Daniels um, after that first leg mistake, they were really jeering him. But, yeah, it was an interesting interesting start, Ollie. I, I don't know um, what your reflections are of the game starting really are now. Yeah, as you say, the atmosphere was really um, buoyant. Um, there was a few um, players that were not biggest, not not, not really popular with the opposition. So obviously, <laughs> Holt for us was getting a lot of abuse from his um, Rochdale connection, and vice versa. It was a really raucous, um, noisy atmosphere. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's fair to say that in terms of kind of the action, it was throughout the whole game. It was quite end to end, quite a lot of heading, quite a lot of long balls. Mm. Um, and it's fair to say that, um, yeah, Berry Berry started probably the better of the two teams. Yeah, they had a dangerous free kick about three minutes in, didn't they? Um, but then Town tried to counter-attack for a Worrell, um, and he only had one defender to beat, actually, but um, he did quite poorly. should have got his head up and passed it there. Um, yeah, first shot of the game for, for either team was Morel on six minutes, where he had a little swivel shot, but pretty weak straight at Daniels um, and one thing I, I noticed in the opening game part of the game was that um, particularly Murray but I think most town players were showing a tremendous amount of grit they really were flying into their tackles and trying to impose their physicality on Barry, which I thought was probably quite a good tactic really compared to um, you know maybe maybe some of the games that season away from home would have been too easy to beat which is why we had a bad a bad away record we definitely tried to show it a bit of more metal and I suppose in a playoff game you know winner takes all you would need to do that but Murray particularly went in two footed on eight minutes which was a bit of a hairy tackle he should have been sent off. That was <laughs> definitely a red card. Play on, even in, was... e- even when you had the caveat, even when you had the caveat of nineteen nine, uh, two thousand nine, <laughs> um, when the the tackling was a little bit um, more favourable in terms of the, those kind of players. But um, yeah, that was definitely a red card. It was, yeah. And then a minute later, we had our, our first chance where uh, there was ball crossed in. Um, it was a tricky one for Holt. He caught, caught him on his back foot, didn't it? And he stepped back and sort of tried to volley it from a really acute angle, but it went over the bar. Um, and at that point, I think the game started to become a little bit um, obvious that 
our lack of Humphreys and that ability to get it out onto the wing. And, and Worrell was doing okay. He was trying to do what he did, but he would always come inside, wouldn't he, Worrell? But Bennett and Jones on the wings for Berry were really causing town problems. Um, you know, that, the, their wing play was quite impressive at the start and, and there were several balls in and they, they fancied running at players and, and really gave Moss and Ashton a bit of a torrid time, didn't they? Yeah, I think it's fair to say um, Berry were the boss in central midfield. Um, we just couldn't seem to get to hold grips with them um, and they were definitely dominating in terms of the play. It, it took us a while to kind of get get involved in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had we had our first corner um, and was it a, a pen on halt? This was the start of, this was kind of the first time in the game when we saw that Sodji decided that he was going to hug Holt from behind for the entire game. Um, yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable. He had him in a headlock. Um, it should have been a free kick, a penalty, essentially. Um, but it's worth noting that Ben Davis's free kicks, my God, his set-piece delivery was just superb. Oh, I'd love that back now. It wasn't just his corners. I mean, there was a free kick straight after one of the corners we had where it got recycled, and he had such whip on those free kicks. We didn't really talk about it too much in the, in the Dagenham game because he didn't didn't really have too many free kicks from what I remember, but it was he was awesome across the whole game. Every set-piece he took was dangerous, um, and we'll talk about a few of them where he, he had shots from them, but he was class one, he Davis, to be fair. Um, but you talk about Sodji, it is worth reflecting on how this man uh, dressed for this game. So he had a, had a bandana on, which... Uh, had emblazoned across it against all odds, which I thought was brilliant considering it was us that ended up being against all odds, wasn't it? Obviously, one nil down, away from home, go down to 10 men. It was us that were against all odds and, and his bandana was quite prescient, really. So um, that was fantastic. But he was also wearing gloves in the middle of May, Ollie, like these big, like American football um, receiver gloves. I've never seen anything like it. Yep. I don't think I've seen anything like it since, to be honest with you. And not only that, he had um, an undershirt on, but it wasn't just an undershirt. It had like almost like half a neck collar. It was like a bit like a polo shirt, yeah. but like, you know, a sporty one. Um, and then he had this weird little like, um, like little ponytail on his beard. So it was very, very um, <laughs> odd. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, it was quite funny. I met one of the Sodgies. It might have been this Sodgie. I can't remember now because there were several of them. But and we were drunk in Barcelona. But the away sports went to play in a football tournament out in Barcelona one year, and we were down in sort of the city centre. And somehow one of the Sodgies turned up because he was there supporting one of the other teams in the supporters tournament, and, and he was quite good. It might have been this Sodgie, but my memory has deserted me at an important time, Ollie. So there we go. That was my that was my tangent for the week. Um, but we talk about penalties for town. What did you make of the next moment? I thought it was a stonewall penalty for Berry. Um, deep cross was headed back across by Bennett at the back post and it smashed into Ashton's hand. It was up. It would have been definitely VAR in this day and age and it would definitely have been a penalty. Um, back then, obviously, we didn't have VAR, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I thought it looked pretty bad on the day. Yeah, this is for me where the penalty um, handballs and stuff are just clouded with mystery. The rules have changed. Back then, yeah. it was all about, yeah, about was it, you know, was it on purpose and all that kind of stuff. For me, this was ball to hand. Yeah. Um, yes, it changed the direction of the ball, um, but for me, um, for me, that that wasn't a penalty. And yeah, Ashton I'm... makes up for that later on, but at this point, it wasn't a penalty. It is funny watching these games back now. One of the things I've noticed in the three times we've done it, um, and we've watched some other bits and pieces for other things we're doing for the football club, is how much you judge previous decisions based on the current rules. Because so much has changed, even since two thousand nine, about the handball rule that you kind of judge it in a different way now. Back then, I would have said, "Nah, not a penalty. No way." But, you know, it is funny to have your, um, maybe your opinion sort of swayed a little bit by how it's changed. Yeah, it has changed, isn't it? There's been some subtle changes to the rules um, in terms of handballs and tackles and things like that and to try and foster attacking football, um, which I think is overall yeah. um, is good. But, yeah, not so much for sure about the handball. I think it just no. confuses everyone. No. Um, but next part of the game, 20, 25 minutes, not much was really happening here. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, a bit of a lull in play. Berry on top. And the crowds react to that as well. You know, 20 minutes in, and the crowd gets a bit quieter. Yeah, it's again, worth reflecting on really that everyone thinks the crowd was massively hyped the whole game. But there were definite periods where both sets of fans went quiet. And this sort of, you know, initial excitement of those those moments sort of lulled away, didn't it? That 20, 25 minutes. And it took until, you know, on 25 minutes where Town had a couple of chances. Um, one from a Davis free kick, we went for a corner. Nice little corner came in. Langers, who usually got quite a lot ahead of some corners, didn't he? And did well at the back post. Um, yeah, he got to a cross, but it was sort of getting into a point where it was like this is this isn't a great watch at the moment, um, and and it was kind of you know as we went into sort of twenty seven minutes, it was kind of reflected by Sodji and he gave a back pass uh, back to his goalkeeper and Risa almost got into it, and there was sort of mistakes starting to appear, and both teams sort of would would sort of letting their quality slip a little bit for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, I have to agree with that. It was it was yeah, it was not bad to say just Barry was on top for most of the game. Yeah, um, and sure, this, this was definitely. But but in terms of in terms of our performance, thank God we had Langmead and and, and Coughlin. Um, they were superb again. Oh, they were do- absolutely dominant. I thought, and and to be fair to Berry centre backs, they were pretty good as well. You know, Holt was one of the best strikers, and they kept him yeah, quiet. Yeah, they but were. Langers, Langers, Fletcher was unbelievable. He was a bit of a yeah. the ball almost was a, he's a bit of a magnet. The ball just always kept going for him for those long balls. But even when we tried it with Sodji, he was he was good and. While he was a little bit cheeky sometimes, um, he was he was a bit of a, a bit of a brick wall. Mm, yeah, he definitely was, and as I say, R two did the same as well. But we were getting to the point where it was just sort of lulling down and, and, and getting into its pattern, and then thirty minutes, Ollie, disaster! What happened? <laughs> so ball played into Moral, and he used his oh, his old experience. Yeah, um, and yeah, he rolls Ashton, who makes a lunging tackle, um, and. It was a penalty, clear penalty. Yeah. The referee spotted it, yeah. um, and um, yeah, it was the right decision. And unfortunately, um, he was he made a poor decision there. He did. He didn't have a great game in these two playoffs, did he? With everything that went on, but yeah, the, the commentator described him as poor old Neil Ashton, and I think that about summed up uh, <laughs> summed up his Berry playoff experience overall. Obviously, he came out of it on the winning team, but yeah, to make the mistake in the first game and then give a penalty away that could have basically cost us the whole tie um, I did feel bad for him and he didn't play too bad overall Neil Ashton across the, the two games other than the mistakes and having watched them back but um, he was always a solid enough player wasn't he but he had someone to thank didn't he because man alive this was such a massive moment in the game yeah poor penalty so Jones really takes a penalty it's awful it's low it bobbles um, it's saved by Daniels um, who then reacts really quickly because there's another effort yeah. um, so he gets up um, he saves that and then Langers um, gets rid of it as well um, and then Daniel smothers it. So it was a bit of a frantic moment um, after the penalty was taken um, and luckily we got it and, and fortunately for us it was just in front of us. So yes. it was just yeah one of one of, um, one of of many highs that were going to come from this game. <laughs> oh, massive yeah. scenes behind the, behind, the, behind the goal. Oh yeah, it was massive scenes. You could see everyone going absolutely mental because you knew how much it meant on the day. I remember thinking this is it, this is the game. If they went 2-0 up there was, we hadn't scored enough goals away from home all season and even with Holt you thought that was it really if they went 2-0 up we were not going to score three at Berry, were we so um it, it was so huge and obviously was the, was the start of what was the, the kind of um recovery for us I suppose but yeah it, it was brilliant what I liked after it was you, you can see on the highlights um that Daniels is pretty hype about it and everyone sort of runs out then to get his goal kick but Coughlin just turns around and he stops him and he, you can see him mouth wait 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 calm down and, and that was one of the reasons why I loved Graham Coughlin his experience in these situations was absolutely vital and he was such a such a professional wasn't he Graham Coughlin yeah it's a good example of how it's key to have those kind of players on the pitch and it's something that we probably missed in, in a couple of years ago, you know, last yeah, season true. before and under Ashti, uh, under Askey. 
uh, is we need someone like that who can just very quickly just think of that and make that that, that decision on the pitch mm. um, just to kind of calm things down. Um, but fair to say, I think we actually reacted quite well after that. We did, yeah, I agree. So um, Holt had a massive chance. Um, there was a bit of a Murray um, hoof forward and bounces over to the Russian keeper. Um, he then gets it, basically gets a shot open and gets wide. Um, and yeah, it was absolutely mad. Yeah, it was it was um, a good chance that one. To be fair, he got around the keeper, didn't he, and just sort of steered it wide. I think you know he'd have been quite un- unlucky not to get that. But I, I think you're right in general point about this as we run through the next sort of ten fifteen minutes is that Barry were really affected by that penalty miss. Like they they felt it was obviously important as well. And they they really went off the game a little bit for me and, and kind of let, let us in more than we had been before. But that was a good chance. Um, Bennett got booked. Um, basically, he tried to grab Ashton's leg while he was on the floor like a rugby tackle. Yeah. So <laughs> clear booking. Um, and yeah, say so Barry started to get very disjointed from this point onwards and, and really went off their game. I noticed that Murray and Ben Davis started to find a lot more time in midfield, which was which was vital for us because we had more time on the ball. They were picking their passes better. It was still a scrappy game in general, but you know it, it was a better period for us, wasn't it? After they missed the penalty, yeah, it was, it was. But I think it's fair to say they were still creating chances. Yeah, they uh, were. so forty minutes they should have scored. A corner comes in, heavered down, and Jevons from five yards out. It just seems to come up to him too quickly, and he knees it, and it goes over. Um, it was a bit of a mare. Yeah, then there was. Um, Taron have some chances um, in the last five minutes as well, which was quite good, trying to yeah. get ahead. McIntyre goes close, and my keeper was coming out. Yeah, those four chances, really quick order, weren't they, just for half, and it kind of gave yeah. us a bit of positivity, didn't it? Yeah, because, as you're right, it was a ball into Holt, who sort of did a really amazing back heel flick into the path of McIntyre, um, whose who's shot uh, could only go behind, really, and... Um, yeah, he should have beat the keeper. That's probably the best of the four chances we'll talk about. But yeah, it was such a nice little ball into him. But he, he just hit it to the right-hand side of the goal, didn't he? And, and you know, bearing in mind he scored later on, really, he should have done better there. He should have at least tested the keeper with that chance. Yeah, he should have done. McIntyre's was the best, wasn't it, of all? It the, was, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, shame. Shame we couldn't have got something, but it wasn't to be. No, the other three chances. So that, that was on 42. 43, Davis had a chance from the edge of the box. Um, and you could really hear the town fans getting kind of really loud behind the goal again. And Holt was causing all sorts of trouble. And a couple of minutes later, Murray had a long-range shot, which forced a good save. Um, and then there was a, an injury time Davis free kick which he lined up and, and he got it all right and um, it was, looked like it was going into the corner of the goal but um, yeah it was just clawed away and, and it was all really encouraging end to the half that I think kind of um, would have would have been the sort of thing that Simpson could hang his half-time team talk on um, just for half-time Futcher got booked after hacking down uh, Davis as he was breaking away um, and that was that was the free kick then that he just missed so yeah those those four chances in five minutes um, allowed Town to get roared off and again just kind of solidified the whole approach to the game I suppose yeah it was well we were lucky really weren't we <laughs> not to be 2-0 down on the Kruger at this point <laughs> Um, another another thing, but yeah, we had, we were gave us some confidence the second half, and yeah, I, I don't know. Second half started a bit slow, I thought, considering what was at stake. Yeah, um, definitely. Maybe it was the um, Murray was still flying into everything, um, and I thought <laughs> at this point Reza started to get into the game a bit more. Yeah, um, he was getting goal side, um, but just messing it up. His final ball, um, and that's the thing about him. He was he, he kind of he, he always showed more potential than he really than you actually saw in his end product. Um, bit of a, a bit of a classic um, League Two signing, really, wasn't it? In terms of had potential, um, but never could quite fulfil fulfil that on the pitch. I think that's fair for for how he was for us, for sure, Ollie. Yeah, and, and he was he was honest, wasn't he? But just didn't quite do enough in this game. Um, and maybe over the whole time he was with us, never did enough to be a sort of player that we were that disappointed to lose when he went. Um, 
But, you know, he had a go. Um, obviously, he gets subbed later on. But, yeah, he was a bit unlucky. A bit unlucky with that chance, to be fair. Um, a hilarious moment on 53, Ollie, where the ball's just casually running out of play. The goalkeeper's just sort of shielding it out. And for absolutely no reason, Grant Holt shoulder barges him off the pitch, which which was peak Grant Holt, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, unnecessary. Unfortunately, Brown saw the funny side of it. He did, yeah. If, yeah, a, a different goalkeeper in a different era might have reacted a bit differently to that one. Um, they might have punched him, or um, in more recent times, they've probably been lying on the floor doing a Neymar. Mm. And it was a controversial moment then the other way, um, where I think Ashton went to clear the ball uh, down on the left and um, got caught late. Um, and Berry didn't, and he went down. Obviously, he'd been caught late, and the referee hadn't seen it, but Berry played on against 10. Um, and then that Elliot Bennett crossed in and he did a really good cross that Morel should have scored from to be honest with you he only needed like a an inch away from putting it into the back of the net but if they'd have scored the second through that I could have god it would have been a sickener wasn't it for town fans yeah it would have god. been a sickener um, I think they were targeting Ashton um, they were really playing yeah, a lot of balls so. a bit like how we were playing um, a lot of balls to Humphreys um, in the first game uh, sorry in the game against Dagenham which we've seen mm. in this game they were definitely trying to get the ball to Bennett um, and and yeah, Ashton for me was probably one of the weaker players in this team, and he was, as we as we'd see in the playoff final and the game after this, he was definitely targeted in that game all day all day long. Yeah, um, and yeah, he, he was he just couldn't get back in time. Um, he was quite no, short. And, yeah, it didn't quite happen. But but Daniel's made a good save. Um, and yeah, he's just trying to get the players going. He was he for a young kid, he was quite um, confident, wasn't he? Not quite yeah. as confident as Dean Henderson, but <laughs> but he was, you know, um, uh, uh, no, almost a pre, uh, you know, almost similar to Dean Henderson in the sense that we came in with some potential, um, but showed a lot of maturity and confidence. Mm. It's, it was funny watching this back. Is that Luke Daniels sort of verged from like really morose and a bit miserable looking to like super massively, or mental. to be a little choir boy as well, really <laughs> yeah. quiet, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he'd, he'd go mad. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. He's got quite a good facial expression watching it back. It's worth it. I mean, talking of watching it back, this was about the moment where the commentator, when Ben Davis had a free, set, free kick, said, Ben Davis, the Ronaldo of this division. I bet he absolutely loved that. He probably got it, you know, <laughs> emblazoned on some sort of uh, business card or something like that because, uh, you know, it was a play that loved that to be uh, mentioned. But true, though, because we just talked about his delivery. It was absolutely great. Um, yeah. But I think it's worth saying that why was he saying that? Probably because there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> Well, yeah, 55 to 60 minutes, nothing happened at all. There was no chances at all. Town put a few good crosses in. I think Davis was, was the best ones of them. Um, and we were starting to hold on to the ball a little bit and trying to play football a little bit more. But as we keep saying through this, both defences were just so excellent um, that there wasn't anything. And at this point, Berry had had 10 chances to our seven. So it was a bit closer, I thought, than than, than I thought it was watching the game back. But a few of our chances were, were not as good as the Berry ones as we obviously ran through. Um from 65, up to 65 minutes, it was just a bit more huffing and puffing, wasn't there, from both sides. Again, Bennett was causing trouble. Um, he had a cross that was headed wide. Um, and, and yeah, in, in general, that was when it started to be getting into the substitutions, Ollie. Yeah, it was. So considering, I thought this sub was quite early, but then I looked at the time and it was 65 yeah. minutes. So in the context of a game, it's a normal time to make a sub. Um, so Steve Leslie comes on. Steve had played quite a lot of games. Um, he'd played, um, I mean, I think he'd played in all five games near the end of the season. Um, he yeah. came on to play left wing, um, which meant Kevin McIntyre went back into his probably more natural central midfield role um, with yeah. Davis. Um, so Leslie went on the left. Um, I don't know. Did it give us more balance? I'm not sure. Um, for me, I don't know. It was not long enough. Playing four four two as we did. Yeah, yeah. Played a four four two as it as it did. I would always like to see maybe McIntyre and Murray play with Davis on one of the wings because I thought Davis probably would have been a bit more effective than Warrell because he didn't offer a lot throughout the whole game. 
Yeah, Davis on right wing would have been better than Worrell, but the way it was going, yeah. I think Murray had obviously been. Maybe looked like he was just fatigued more than anything. The reason he got subbed yeah, off, but I think um, so. he'd put a bit shift of energy in. on. And Steve Leslie was a good runner, wasn't he? He was yeah. a, a fit lad and and quite athletic. And again, one, one of those classic for me, classic Shrewsbury Town players that you really hope is going to have a career and actually make Ugh. it. Um, but one I of the ones that just him. kind of disappeared. <laughs> Know. You know, like, what was that? What was that lad who was a central defender recently? Was it Dom Smith? Dom Smith. And you all thought, yeah, and you thought, oh, he might make it, but he never did. It's one of those yeah players that just kind of disappeared out of um, out of existence. I, I put I put Steve Leslie in the same bracket as as Mark Pugh, to be honest with you, in terms of wingers that kind of played games and, and pressed in some games and then went missing for ages and were never consistent enough. You know, it's it, it's that kind of one for me. So now I wasn't a real big fan of him. However, he did have a good end to the season. To be fair, with Town that year, and it was probably his yeah, best period. Did for the club so he did warrant coming on and to me it was an attacking sub if you think about what Simpson was trying to do he was trying to get two wingers out there someone a more natural attacking player which is what Leslie was um, and then you leave you leave Davis in there to get forward and, and you let um, McIntyre probably be the one that can sit back knowing he can also get forward so it was just that yeah, first sub to try legs. yeah exactly yeah trying to better add legs across the pitch a bit more in central midfield because um, um, Dawson in particular for Berry was running the show um, yeah and it was yeah an issue he had um, and this is when then the battle between Holt and Sodji was like two trains colliding. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just starting to get a bit, um, ew, say even a little bit nasty. Hmm? It was Titanic, that battle, to be fair. Every time that yeah. they went up for a header or, or a challenge, something happened, do you know what I mean? And um, obviously something happened a bit later on, which has put an end to, to, to Holt's game, really. But um, yeah, it was great. I, I loved watching this bit back, particularly watching them sort of smash into each other. It was it was brilliant. So um, fair play to them. They were prop, two proper battlers. Um, Mike Jones was still playing well, I thought, for Berry at this point in time. He had another shot deflected wide. Um, but Berry couldn't really create anything clear-cut at this point in time. Um, and, and I don't know, what did you put down, in, you know, in this period we just talked about, this 20-minute period where we really kind of stopped Barry from creating too many clear-cut chances. What did you put that down to? Um, maybe the shift and shift in formation. Um, but I think also their strikers were getting tired. Um, mm. And that's why they made the substitutions. Um, so Bishop, who we said wasn't fit, came on. Um, and, and Glyn Hurst came on Ugh. for um, for for the other striker. So, yeah, so the two old horses went off. And Glynhurst and Bishop came on. Um, yes. And yeah, as you say, Bishop was always going to be a bit of a threat. And then we make a substitution on 71 minutes. Um, Risa comes on for a striker. I have to honest, be honest and put my hands up. I have no recollection at all of him. <laughs> I cannot remember this lad Big Moses. at all. And when we look, did uh, when we did the, the, the data and the prep for the Dagenham game, he played like five games or something. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I could not remember him for the life of me. Big Moses, yeah, he played a few games. He was he was with us quite a while, but he didn't play all that often because he was sort of the fourth choice yeah, striker. Yeah, came from he? Hereford, didn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't great. <laughs> and he wasn't great when he came no, on in this game. <laughs> so, no, I think it, he, he made four appearances, six as a sub, and scored one goal. Mm. Yeah, not great. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it would have been nice to have had a better striker to bring on in this situation. But that—that's what it was. Is what it was. Um, and then yeah, so we so there's all these subs going on. It's sort of unsettling the game a little bit. Um, there was a couple of double. I said I put double Bennett chances in the agenda. Um, first shot he had blocked, and then the second chance came back to him and he hit it right at Daniels. Um, all from a bit of poor defensive work from Ashton to be honest with you again, where he was being targeted um, by Bennett. So got away with that. Daniels made some other good saves. Um, and then we had two chances to, to back it up then on 74. So first to corner, again, Davis's delivery. It just fell on the five-yard line. Another Literally. brilliant ball. Oh, amazing. And just no one could get a little uh, foot onto it. 
Um, and then the ball comes back out to Holt, who's outside the area, and he hits an unbelievably, perfectly, sweetly hit volley. But it's right at the keeper. I mean, again, if I was thinking about moments, I would have wanted to win the game or, or get us back in. I would have loved for him to have scored that goal. It would have been amazing. But just great technique. And the commentators are just you know glowing about it, aren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, really good. Really good ball into the box. Should have done better. And then, yeah, in terms of next, there was a bit of a dirty moment. Um, Glynhurst <laughs> yeah. elbows Ashton in the head. Uh, makes him bleed. He absolutely knew exactly what. Yeah. Um, um, and it was just poor, a poor, poor. Um, and the referee, Snipe. did he even book him? I can't no. remember. I don't think he did, no, to be fair. Was, he definitely knew what he was doing. Talking to players I don't rate, Glenn Hurst was another one of them. He was dreadful, I always thought. But um, yeah, he was snide, to be fair. And I'm not sure whether he'd played with Ashley. He might have done, because Ashton was there quite a long time, wasn't he? So I suspect they knew each other. So yeah. you know, it wasn't great. To be fair to Ashton, he was a bit. He was a robust out lad, wasn't he? He got up and, and kept playing, didn't yeah. let it get to him. Um and so we're getting into the last 10 minutes then where, you know, one goal for them and it's game over and uh, one goal for us and it's obviously getting back on and, and it starts to get, probably from this is the point where I think the game started to become quite exciting and really intense for me. Uh, you know, on the day I was into it and every moment was amazing, but this last 10 minutes and all, all the way into injury time was fantastic. So um started off with a really scary moment where um, there was a through ball um, and Daniels had to come rushing out and he only just beats Glenn Hurst to it and... Oh, he does, does really well in this moment, Daniel, showing he had shot-stopping ability, but also his, his reading of this ball was fantastic. And again, just as good as, as a full you know, point-blank save, which he came to make later. Yeah, he just gets in front of Glenn Hurst, doesn't he? Makes oh. a really brilliant save. Um, and then there's a, a key moment here, which is going to have a big impact um, on, yeah. on extra time. A Hulk clatters into Soji, and for me, he elbows him. Yeah, and the game starts to get a bit dirty now. Um, and he definitely elbows him. Um, I don't see why it's, it can be, you know, why it wasn't another booking. But for me, it was definitely a booking. And yeah, he that had an impact and he had to come off um, mm. in, um, in in extra time. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a rib injury, didn't he? Which we'll talk about when he, when he gets subbed. But yeah, he came on. Both of the physios came on to check on him as he was down on the floor and obviously had his chop up and they were trying to check his breathing. So they might have thought he broke a rib or something like that. But um, he did shake it off though and complete the rest of the game. This was on 80 minutes. So fair play to him. If he if he had like something wrong with his rib, he played the last 10 minutes with it. So, you know, he was a very committed player. Um, at this point, you know, we're getting towards seven minutes to go. Town started to push on here now, didn't we? We were throwing the fullbacks much more forward. I mean, I, I noticed Moss in the opposition's half for about the first time in the game and, and Ashton was very advanced as well. Um, and then, yeah, 87 minutes, that, that kind of pressure built. And I'll let you talk about this, Ollie. It is one of the most fantastic moments that we've had as a Shrewsbury Town fan. So come on, what, what, did you, what did you make of it all? Oh, this was just <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, um, yeah, so Moss gets it, plays off to Ashton, chips it forward. Um, there's a bit of a pylon um, in the box. Then there's another header um, and then a really, really terrible clearance from the um, Berry left back. Um, yeah, Buchanan, and it falls directly um, oh. to um, to McIntyre who catches it sweetly and he just kind of goes through the crowd and yeah. into the into the back of the net. Um, in, in my memory, it was further out than I, than I remember. I, I had this vision that it was like really far out, but no. it wasn't. It was just inside the box. Um, and I think it's fair to say that we went absolutely mental, limbs everywhere. That away end explodes on the highlights. It's amazing. And the players explode with delight as well. It's it's so clear that it's such a massive moment and, and from, from all their hard work that they put in in the, in the playoffs so far. Um, and, you know, I think the, the way that it captures it to me is, yeah, I can remember what it was like in the stadium. I remember my brother and my and, and a, guy, a lad called Tim Kleckart I used to go with and Justin Kleckart they just we all they all just got mobbed I remember falling over the seats in front I remember 
trying to find my glasses after it. I, I, everyone was just all over the place because the seats in Berry are really close to each other, aren't they? And it, and it was one of those ones where, you know, when you look back and you think about the top 10 kind of pure ecstasy moments in, in watching Shoes Return, I, it, again, it's definitely in my top 10 for that. Yeah, and for the context of it, it was like, so just for the terms of the, just the timing, so we started the game and we were 1-0 down. Mm. And we'd, had, we'd given away a penalty and we had it yep. saved. And now we're in the 88th minute of the second leg of a playoff <laughs> and we scored to take it to extra time. Again, that script, that Hollywood script. Um, and then also not only that, a player who plays defensive midfield, who is a hardworking midfielder, gets the goal. Um, yeah. And not just a goal, a really beautiful strike as well. So this the story and the context of it is just amazing. It was. It's such a narrative. And and you can see McIntyre runs over to the bench to celebrate, doesn't he? And um, the kit man, who was someone I know now, but I you know, knew really well back then, spent a lot of time with him, was Pete Downward. And um, uh, he was a town fan, you know, played for the away supporters uh, loads of times with him. I've known him for years. And you can just see um, him in, as part of this scrum. And I just thought it's such a good image. And I put it out on Twitter last night um, because he was like the town fan in the middle of all of that coaching uh, staff. And it was just brilliant. And he, the smile you could see on his face was just replicated across everyone that was there everyone at home listening to the radio people who would just you know find out the result later and, and see we'd scored it was I think it was a really nice way of capturing it and um, the, the whole bench Ben Erd's there and I think Omar Ritzer has been subbed off everyone just goes nuts and they have a big pile on it so it's brilliant to watch back yeah it was it was just a, a magical moment um, and then set up um, set up extra time really nicely um, yeah yeah and I mean, there was four minutes of injury time first, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, there was. There was four minutes of injury time, but not too much happened, did it really? No. Um, there was a, f- a few chances, a few corners, a few bits and pieces, but nothing really, um, nothing really special. And for me, we're going to play in now um, audio of the town fans chanting. So it's half time. Um, sorry, end of full time. The players are all like huddled together having a chat. And um, yeah, this audio of town fans chanting here is just superb and just highlights how amazing they were that day. me chills this in back to Harley to be fair I just remember, remember how it was on that terrace at that moment in time and yeah it is funny how audio can take you back to a place that you remember so well and, and kind of brings you that that kind of chills feeling like you, we were talking about before when you said it was giving you chills when you watched it back but um yeah it's interesting I mean like try and reflect back Ollie what, what you know we just had that massive hype and then you got the little break didn't you for the extra time what when you were standing there trying to let yourself calm down how, how were you feeling about extra time looking forward to it yeah. And we'd managed to get into extra time. Um, you know, we we had a, a good team. We had some good strikers, um, a good well, a good striker. And I just thought that extra time is going to be is going to be fun. And yeah, we're all just looking forward to it. And that's why the town fans had so much energy. I think energy is the word. The, yes. the terrace was just absolutely buzzing and full of energy. Um, so I was really looking forward to the the start um, of of extra time. 
And that's exactly how I felt, right? Which leads us so into the first thing that happens because I felt like that was it. That was our time now. Like it had been perfectly timed. All the momentum was with us. You know, we felt Barry might get on themselves, all the chances they'd missed. You know, they might start to just regret that and it would affect the way they played their game. And I just, I just felt like everything was set for us to go out and smash them at the start of the first half of the extra time. And it was so funny because I felt like that. The ball kicked off and you were just so into it. And then 11 seconds later, we're down to 10 men. And it was like from such a massive high as that ball kicked off to Leslie's yellow card in 11 seconds. It was such a like a crash off the cliff of feeling. Uh, I, you know, it doesn't happen too many times with football where you get something amazing and then straight into something rubbish. Um, but God, that's how I felt on the day. Like that, that yellow card really knocked my confidence. Uh, sorry, that red card really knocked my confidence. And the whole way it happened was, was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like someone giving you an ice cream or a biscuit and then kicking you in the balls. Um, it was just <laughs> mad, absolutely mental. And in real time, you go in because it was a, it was a, from where it was. It was in the other half, and we're yes. behind the goal. So you're like, at the time, you're like, what's happened here? What's going on? And um, so basically, Leslie clashed and with a Berry player, and yeah. the referee went and sent him off. Straight and we're just in absolute shock. It's a classic heads-on-hand moment. What on earth is going on? Um, obviously, at the time we didn't have, um, we didn't have, um, we couldn't see a replay. Obviously, no. there was no big screen, nothing like that. There wasn't even the days where people would kind of like let you know what happened and stuff. So people yeah. were just a bit bemused. Um, but um, well, I don't know. For me, it was never ever a red. What were your thoughts, Glenn? No, on the day I couldn't tell, and it wasn't until you saw the highlights back later and that in the evening where you didn't give two hoots because we'd won anyway. But looking back, you know, whatever it is, you know, eleven years later or wherever we're at now, it is no way is a red card. He, he, the ball's just chipped forward, you know, and and the one guy is stationary and, and Leslie's got momentum and he just sort of knocks into him a bit and and it's a straight red. He's he's not done a previous foul since he came on. He's you know he didn't really seem to have it in him too much. Leslie, from what I remember, he wasn't really a vicious player and. The whole thing was that he had the momentum, the other guy didn't. I, I could not believe it looking back. That it was, And every time I've ever seen it since, I still can't really believe it's a red card, Ollie. No, and do you think there was something in the fact that um, he didn't do anything when Ashton got... Well, it's really unfair because Ashton got elbowed in the face, and yeah, Cranhold got elbowed in the chest, and then then the Shrewsbury Town player does something, he goes, oh no, we'll definitely give a red card for that one. I don't know whether the other incidents played into this one. And he just thought that, I don't know, it was very odd. Um, but yes, yeah, Simpson was up straight away, wasn't he? Organising yeah, um, the town fans. Actually. And we started chanting this. And I can remember this vividly. We started chanting, we only need 10 men. Yes, we only we need 10 men. We did, and we only did need 10 men. But yeah, it was good from Simpson. He was straight out there telling them what they need to do. You know, get into a 4-3-2. They obviously had that tactic for a, a certain player got injured and, it, and, it, and sort of worked well with the players we had on the pitch, didn't it, in terms of how we moved it around. And, and, and yeah, that was good. Um, but the rest of injury time is a litany of very chances, really, isn't it? Um, and we'll run through them as we go through it because it is unbelievable some of the chances they missed. But yeah, two minutes into the half, um, Bishops has the big chance, one on one with Daniels, and he absolutely bottles it. And Daniels, again, deserves massive credit for coming out and making himself really, really big, Ollie. Um, again, showing that sort of anticipation. But like nine times out of ten, Bishop scored those goals against us every season. And, and for some reason, he just absolutely bottled this one. Yeah, he could have scored three or four goals in this game. I'm we'll sure he had nightmares it. about this one. Um, yeah, and and we started sewing everything down now. Oh. 
Don't um, we? As you would expect, taking times on throw-ins, taking times on goal kicks, yeah. just being generally slow. One, because we're knackered, um, and also because, <laughs> yeah, it was obviously just quite tense. And I guess, yeah, we were just trying to get to extra time and penalties, really, weren't we? Um, yeah. But it's really funny. So we talk about Moses coming on and me not remember him. He does an absolutely superb bit of play here. Yeah, he this did. is obviously the reason maybe why we signed him, because he basically <laughs> did like two really tight Cruyff turns yeah. um, and almost sets up um, Davis for a chance. But that was one of the fleeting chances um, in this first half of extra time. Yeah, that was the problem. We would have a little bit of neat play and almost set someone up, but we were just generating no chances from them because we were down to 10, obviously, and we were sort of kind of squeezed off the ball or we, or we snatched at things, really. And um, it was just a case of waiting for Barry to get their next chance and, and score, or as it kept being, miss. And the next one came um, as they got in down the left. Um, and it was it was a really good shot from the left-back. He was quite away out of the box. He smashed it really hard, but um, again... Uh, Luke Daniels got his palms to it and um, then Ashton scuffed out for a corner and I, I did think as much as we were struggling to create chances we were quite brave still Ollie. We, we weren't afraid of throwing men forward at this stage yeah. you know Davis was getting up there and, and they were quite attacking we did not sit deep really quickly and I think that actually helped us because if we just sat deep we probably would have probably let one in like Town always do but we did try to match them and try to go at them yeah, we did. The the phrase hadn't been coined yet, um, but we definitely didn't park the bus. Um, no, we definitely, definitely tried um, to create some chances. And yeah, even though obviously we didn't have, uh, yeah, we still had Holt at this point, um, but yeah, we didn't quite get it. And then Davis gets booked for a professional foul. He completely takes Dawson out. Um, yeah. But that, they, those two were having a bit of a ding-dong all match. Yeah, they had a good uh, competition. And then, yeah, again, Berry, again, this is a theme. <laughs> Berry have a good, have a good attack. <laughs> <laughs> and Moss clears it off the line. Um, really, really good. Um, super. Uh, yeah, Moss was a, a really good, solid fullback, wasn't he, for this level? Yeah, yeah, he did. And that wasn't the only good chance they had. They left in, in that half. They had another massive chance where, again, there was some neat play. And again, Bennett whipped in one of those difficult crosses, which, you, again, he looked like Bishop had to score from five yards out. And he got his foot onto this one. Um, and he actually steered it wide. And so, again, they could have had two goals in the last five minutes of the first half injury time. But... They missed them, and, and that was the pressure they were under. And, and you started to see, actually, when they show the highlights at the half-time of extra time, how Berry fans are proper nervous now. Like, they know they've spawned some unbelievable chances. Yeah, and Berry fans are getting frustrated, I think. And pro- they're probably wondering if it's going to be their day or not. Mm, it wasn't. <laughs> and so, yeah, we had a little bit of a break. Um, some, some more good footage of the town fans sort of enjoying their day out on the, on the highlights, which you'll enjoy. And then... Suddenly, we're taking off Grant Holt uh, for Luke Chadwick, um, and as we talked about, it, he had a he ended up having a rib injury, um, which is disappointing, isn't it? And you know, the, the interesting thing was the commentators were sort of like, you know, it's a risk and stuff, but he was our main penalty take all season, wasn't he? As well, so again, yeah. that, on the day that felt massive to me. That came to yeah, that that came to me on my mind. The first thing I thought when I saw him come off is like, oh, we need him for penalties if we ever got there. Mm. Um, and maybe there is a question to say whether you whether we're better with a fifty percent Grant Holt rather than Chadwick. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Moses and Chadwick up front is not really um, a very threatening partnership. No, we got battered in this second half injury time. We, like, we, we, we were sort of second unbelievable. best. We were it could have been like 8 nil in this, this half. It was. I, mean, I say, we, weren't the, we were second best throughout most of the game, you know, but we were still creating our chances. In this half, we were, we were battered and the front two offered next to nothing. Um, they got easily marshalled by their defence. I thought Chadwick and Ashton Cody and it didn't help our situation. What did help our situation was Ben Davis. Man, that guy ran his balls off in this in, in this period, trying to cover every little great blade of grass. And he wasn't the only one doing it, but it was really noticeable to me. Um, and it, and this was it. Well, as soon as Holt went off, we did take a step back, didn't we, Ollie? We really went deep, and we really saw out wave after wave of attacks. And you know the defense were amazing. Yeah, they were. 
and again, just countless chances. So 112 minutes in, um, Bishop has a tether, but it's tame. A yep. minute later, Bennett skies it over. And, yep. then, and then there's a shot to a Berry fan. What was he wearing? Oh, yeah, I tweeted this out as well. He's got a T-shirt that says, the only way is up. Um, you know, it wasn't, not for you anyway. Um, no. Or us either in the end, but <laughs> there we go. <laughs> then there was more chances. 100, um, 140 minute, Bishop turns and shots, but Daniel saves does a good save his leg that was a really good opportunity really Amazing. really good save there and yeah Bishop slid in again with a great ball and then hits it low but Daniels gets down and makes another save Amazing. Um, and then there's an absolutely massive moment um, Bishop runs into the box Ashton makes a very dangerous challenge um, on the replay I don't, I don't think he actually got the ball and he fouled it nope. um, but I don't know whether it was the red card was playing on his on the, on the, on the ref uh, mind at this point if it's in the box it's a penalty if it's not in the box it's a free kick and it's unbelievable that he gives nothing to be honest with you I, yeah. as a Berry fan that would have been the one for me where I would have been very very frustrated because that would have been the game would have been over then 116 minutes yeah. and um, all the chances they had wouldn't have counted for anything if they'd have scored the penalty but obviously they've already missed one so <laughs> uh, we'll have to see how that yeah. goes but yeah it was definitely a, a penalty for me looking at it today um, and still more chances 116 corner came in Bishop's head headed wide I say he, he could have won this on his own within 15 minutes of just the second half of injury time um, and they put up a stat then on the highlights which is fairly obvious but we'd only had 25% possession up to 120 minutes in this in, in this in this period it's fair enough we just would not we were just seeing it out and we were just heading everything away yeah, we were. the only only chance I know we had was 119 minutes in the whole of injury time really where um, Worrell put a nice little ball in and Chadwick should have done better really from two yards out he just mistimed it and, and didn't quite get on top of the ball coming in um, If it, again if he'd got something on it it would have been easier to, to score than miss really um, but that was it it was like a minute before, a minute before the end of the game and then we're into the last minute of, of the sort of whole thing then and it's unreal, really. Like, Barry at this point... Have These got two us. chances are just oh, unbelievable. It's mad. We're knackered. We're really tired. And Barry are passing it around us with ease. Bishop gets slipped in on the right-hand side. He cuts it back to Bennett two yards out and he hits it straight at Daniels. You, you Honestly, you cannot believe it. Um, and then it goes away. And then 120 minutes, like literally 30 seconds later, they threw everybody forward. Um, and there was another chance as the ball was crossed to Futcher. And, and he'd been really good. Like, he'd been probably one of their better players. Yeah, probably man of the match. And, yeah, and he headed it wide um, from about five yards out, and that was it. Final whistle. Town held on. And but, but, but I think you've undersold that chance. Well, that definitely. chance for Fletcher was unbelievable. It was amazing. He was yeah. basically on his own on the edge of the six-yard box, um, and like, I just don't understand how he how he missed it. It was just <laughs> a terrible, terrible miss. And it, for me, that just sums up Berry's attacking performance that day. Yeah, that definitely. Even they couldn't have they couldn't have finished their dinner that day. It was that kind of performance, wasn't it? And a day that I'm sure Berry fans um, just can't believe. And then pens, Ollie. And then pens. I mean, as a town fan, I, at that point in time, what was it, 2009? I was 29. I haven't seen Shrewsbury in too many penalty shootouts, to be honest with you. Like, I remember one in the um, the LDV trophy against uh, Brighton. Maybe I'd seen another one back in the day. Obviously, we had the Barnet playoff game, which was which was massive in terms of penalties, wasn't it? Um, and... And obviously Aldershot uh, when we played them in in the playoff final, so we, we hadn't really been involved in too many what felt like massively key penalty shootouts. Um, and I I re- I remember exactly how I felt going these penalties. I was shitting bricks. I was so nervous about these penalties because as, as as a team that's held on to get there, you almost feel like you've got something to lose. Then do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. And, and mm. penalties are just nervous anyway. They um, are, but yes. lucky for us, they were in front of us. Yes. Oh, def- definitely. I think it's interesting because they they'd said something about crowd safety. It was the excuse. Yeah, the it was because the space <laughs> the behind they said that the space behind the goal there was more behind Shrewsbury, so it was better and and safer. I don't know about that, but um, 
yeah, it was odd, but it worked in our favour anyway. I remember the Bury fans being really, really annoyed about that when we when we were looking on the message board and stuff after the game. They felt like that was just totally unfair, but it'd have been unfair if it was down there, and wouldn't it? It'd been the same thing. But Daniel sort of walks towards the goal. He's geeing up all the crowd. He's like he's sort of like geeing us all up and stuff. He didn't need to do that because everyone was already losing their mind. Um, and uh, the town fans were all waving. And, and I thought, yeah, the, the whole thing about when the Bury players went up to take their um, penalty, it was amazing. Every town player uh, fan behind the goal is just waving to try and put them off, aren't they? Yeah, they were. And maybe this is a good point to actually play in the audio. So this this penalty, this audio was taken um, just as the um, town players and the Berry players were huddled together. So from the video for what I took, you can see that this is the exact moment when this video was taken. So just before the penalties were taken, when we're deciding who's taking which penalties, and Shrewsbury Town fans are in full voice again. <laughs> So Bury won the toss and uh, elected to, to shoot first. Um, Barry Murphy, who'd had a good game for them, walks up and good penalty, scores right. Daniels goes the wrong way, just gave the, the uh, player the eyes. Then Ben Davis comes up, who was pretty regular penalty taker as well, scored pretty similar penalty and, and Brown went the wrong way as well. Um, and then we started to see what was the start of uh, Luke Daniels's his mind games, which I'd remembered on the day, Ollie, uh, how much he tried to get involved. But to be fair, he was brilliant, wasn't he, in trying to unsettle play. <laughs> Yeah, he was. He was a bit cheeky. He went over the line a few times. Definitely. Yeah, they, they were saying the referee should book him and stuff. But yeah, this one, he grabbed the ball, wouldn't give it to, to uh, Mike Jones, who was taking the next penalty. To be fair to Mike Jones, um, Daniels did guess the right way on this time. He obviously scored to go 2-1 up, um, hit it to the left. Daniels went the right way. He was a bit unlucky with that one. And then the same thing happened. The first two penalties were the same. The, t- uh, the next two penalties were the same. So Ash Cody came up. Also put it in the left, and Brown went the right way, um, and and he was a bit unlucky as well. So it was quite, it was interesting a bit of symmetry on those first two penalties. They were both the same penalties, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> penalties taken for Shrewsbury is worth the same were were of highest quality. Great, yeah, they were great. This next one wasn't though, and this was the key. This was Racky uh, who took uh, Barry's third penalty and missed. Um, and there was lots of faffing about before this one. Um, and yeah, he didn't look comfortable watching it back. He sort of took one step up, then came back to it and basically hit it white right uh, to the centre of the goal very weakly. And Daniels was all over it. And again, we haven't got a video recording of this, but just listen to the noise the town fans make when this penalty gets scored on the highlights. It is amazing. Yeah, it was. It was a really, really good penalty. It's worth just meant going back to the racky one um, by Barry May. Adams said that he thought this was the key one. This was the key yes, penalty. It was in yeah. the. Um, in the in, in the series of pens because next up for us to, to go ahead then 3-2 was Kevin McIntyre you wouldn't have wanted anyone better would you he'd obviously scored confidence really high uh, good old professional and, and generally was yeah I love Kevin McIntyre he's one of my favourite yeah. players of this era because he was a real tough cookie but he was actually a better footballer than most people gave credit for yeah and he he nailed the, the, the sort of nail into their coffin a little bit here because he just strolls up cool as you like Bangs it in left to centre by giving the keeper the eyes and just sort of walks, sort of casually, sort of arms is up to the town fans. And I just thought that was such a good penalty for the confidence of everybody to score just after they'd missed. It was, it was absolutely vital. Um, but it wasn't over. Um, they're one of their better players then, um, along with Futcher, came up to take the next one um, to get back to 3 3, which was Bennett. Um, again, just before he takes the, the penalty, Daniels kicks the ball away. He definitely should have got booked for that. Um, but he scored uh, from a massive run up and sent the keeper the wrong way. Um, and that was it then. We were almost on the verge, Ollie. Um, 3 4 uh, with Worrell next. So he scored his penalty, left of goal. Brown went the yeah, right way. Yeah, really good penalty for the kid. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, for everything that he was sort of an in and out player in that season, he had a massive moment in this in the season in general, didn't he? So it was, it was a nice moment for him. And then. Then we're there. We're at this moment in time. And 
I, there's no way I thought Bishop would miss his penalty because he was such a consistent player for Berry and, and yeah. down in the lower leagues. Um, but again, Daniels comes out and gets right in his face just before he's about to take his penalty. And Bishop looks a bit like miffed about it. He, it looks like it let it get, get to him a little bit. And it is an yeah. awful penalty. And do you think, Ollie, that all the chances he missed were playing on his mind when he took that penalty? I think so. I think he must have been quite <laughs> tense. Um, it was a funny <laughs> penalty spot as well because you couldn't really see the penalty spot and he kept... And Daniels has been really... He got told off by the referee for, for like... Well, for basically questioning whether it was on the spot all the time. And I yeah. think that really played into their mind because, yeah, I think they didn't know if they were taking it from the right spot or not. And, no. um, yeah, I think he really played on their minds um, that he was doing that. Um, and I think also having that bright yellow kit as well probably helped as well. Um, having a bright kit mm. um, has been kind of proved to um, like put players off. You know, if he was just wearing like a green jersey or something, he would have merged into the back of the fans. Yeah, um, so I think that's an interesting point as well. Brown Brown was very passive, wasn't it? He? he didn't do anything like that. And yeah. fair play to him, it is it is one of the dark arts. But God, it helped us. And and anyway, so yeah, that penalty got saved, <laughs> and then the bloody back of the stand behind just goes insanely mad. I I, I use the word pandemonium. It felt a little bit like that, Ollie, because it was sold out and it was rammed. It really did have that feeling of like this could turn into a riot. <laughs> It was absolutely unbelievable. Let's just play my audio in now. So we've heard the Glingasm at Crystal Rovers. We've heard um, Gary Neville's unbelievable when Torres scores um, in the Champions League. And this this was my moment. So we'll play the audio of me losing my shit um, away at Bury. So there we go. We've officially had the oligasm on on the setup cast as well now. I don't know. Maybe we we'll have to play them back, mine and yours back to back, and see who went <laughs> the most crazy. Uh, to be fair, I think that you know the moment of this game was definitely a more lose your mind kind of moment, and it's amazing. There's a massive pile on on Luke Daniels. I don't know how he doesn't get hurt. He's under about fifty yeah. people because a load fans of fans jump on the pitch, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty I saw John funny. Molyneux, your mate, was on the pitch in, on Sky. Been he on the he got on the pitch at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the video, so I shared the video on Twitter and Facebook. And if you watch the video back again, on the right-hand side, you can just see bodies and shapes and everything. It's proper limbs, 10 out of 10 limbs <laughs> kind of moment. It's just unbelievable. You run out of superlatives to talk about how good it was, don't you? Yeah. It was just, I like the word pandemonium. That genuinely is what it felt like, to be honest with you. And it felt a little bit similar when we scored away at Charlton um, in the playoffs a few years back when no one scored. But it wasn't sold out, do you know what I mean? So like there were still gaps yeah. around everybody. Whereas this, everyone was packed so tightly in. And people had all gone in that middle section where you are. And there was way more people in there than there should have been. Do you know what I mean? Because there was a few seats to the right and left that were empty. Yeah. Everyone wanted to pack in behind the goal. And uh, you know, just being in the middle of that, it just was like... That come to Jesus moment, isn't it? As a Shrewsbury fan, and it's one. They're the one. They're the moments that bring you, um, bring you back, and they're the moments, a bit like the Stoke game, that yes. bring you back. And it's that almost that drug of that moment um, when you're mm. going to have that special moment. And it was just unbelievable. The context of the game, as we said, to just to get through to extra time to score, to then manage to to get that sending off, and then then to have your kind of dreams just drop when Leslie got sent off, to kind of fight and scrap our way through um, extra time with all those last-minute gasps, saves and misses, to then go through um, into penalties. And and it's fair to say Shrewsbury nailed their penalties. Shrewsbury's penalties were awesome, absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, and I think also just my final kind of comment on this bit is that I felt the fans played a big part in this result. 
Too, so it wasn't it wasn't like and the fans players ran to the fans it was all part of the fans the big moments happened the goal and the penalty save in normal time happened in front of the Shrewsbury Town fans um, it took my mate over a year to tell me how amazing Shrewsbury Town fans were that day uh, yes but I think it's fair to say that Shrewsbury fans had played a big part in this game um, and I think that's what makes it even more special does that make sense it does I think as well as we were sort of adjusting to the new meadow at home weren't we and finding. A new voice at home games, if that's yeah. fair. I think. And there's a lot. Think... There's, this is a big jump as well. I think in terms, of, that's a really good point actually, because it's not just in terms of there was a new ground, a new voice, and a new. There was also a new set of fans. There was fans like myself who who hadn't had a season ticket before, and mm. you know the stadium, the new ground, trying to get a seat. I remember the, the first open day we had at the Meadow, and there was loads of people there. And for me, yeah. this was almost a bit of a new chapter for the club. It definitely was for me as a fan. Mm. But I think as the fans and the attendances went up, so there was a lot of new fans I thought that day um, yeah yeah, interesting it was and, and yeah no, the usual thing family's there and, and the same thing that we have now but yeah say that new stadium thing it did really feel like a little bit of a that was that bit of the Riverside we'd lost those moments where everyone was packed in so tightly we could talk about this forever you, you've sounded like Vince McMahon by saying unbelievable about a hundred times on this podcast that's quite a, <laughs> a common thing but um, it is unbelievable you can't really you know use another object, adjective really so there we go and, and yeah, it was I, I don't good. know so- I I was walking on cloud nine as we left the stadium. I remember, I remember walking back to the car and it was one of those ones where you were like, I don't want to go sort of thing. You, you, we stood there for ages cheering them off, watching the interviews and stuff. And um, I, I remember being one of the sort of last people to leave the stadium. And, and you know, you know, you've had a great day when you just don't want to go, Ollie. Yeah, it's one of those special moments. I've got a really nice photo that maybe I'll share on Twitter. Um, I took of Shooter Town fans walking out. Um, and it's just oh, everyone's got these huge mash of smiles on their faces. Oh, so yeah, I'll share that photo um, on Twitter on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. It's funny, Ollie. We talk about these games, and we're going off on a tangent now. But this is going to be a long podcast because we, we do like chatting. But you know, when you think about when you leave those stadiums like that, MK Dons away for me, Charlton away in the playoffs, and uh, you know those playoff games. It's right. You kind of have this, and it's sort of because it's a playoff game. It's always at that time of year where the weather's nice. People are yeah. sort of chilled out. And, T-shirt and shorts. There's a, something very special about a playoff semi-final win. Um, doesn't matter whether it's very exciting or, or you grind it through. For me, if it's uh, particularly the away legs, all three of those games to me are such special moments. And uh, and this yeah. is why we're doing these looks back is because these are the games that we all remember so well. And it is lovely to reflect on them and kind of have it in our audio library of of these amazing games we can cover now, thanks to the COVID. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's funny you mentioned because I can remember, I can as clearly as you took me back to, I remember chatting to you um, on that sunny day away at Charlton um, yeah. in the Paul Hurst season, coming over and chatting yeah. to you when you're on the other side and that day um, and that game and stuff. And yeah, you're right. It's, the playoffs are really special. And I think it was such a good in- introduction to football because, mm. yeah, it gives a, a whole group of teams something to look forward to. Um, so does. anyway, we're rambling on. <laughs> Who's your top three? <laughs> Who's my top three? Um, I think this is a bit harsh on one player. Davis almost made my top three. I thought he was brilliant uh, across the whole game and, and did a lot of good work. But for me, Luke Daniels, he was stunning across the whole game from his saves to his penalty antics to the way he was trying to G the crowd up to everything we've covered in this podcast. The man was amazing. Um, but then again, similar to when we covered Dagham, I couldn't really split Coughlin and Langley. They were both fantastic at centre-back for all the pressure we were under. Again, just for his professionalism, very similar to what I said at Dagenham, and that, that bit where he calmed down Daniels and just showed that captaincy, that leadership that he, he gave us that season. I gave Coughlin second and Langley third. Yeah, I thought Coughlin was an absolute man-mountain in this game. Mm. Daniels is obviously the man of the match. 
Um, Coughlin Dodgy. was immense. And then I went for McIntyre because, um, you know me, I always like the person who scores the goal, the one that creates that magic moment. So the goal yeah. that he scored and then obviously his penalty um, was really good as well. And he also mm-hmm. put a big shift in, played in two different positions, um, was a, a solid performance. But there's so many players you could mention. Um, we've probably had another 10 minutes on, so let's not. Yeah, it's funny. We don't really, you know, we only mentioned Moss very briefly, but, you know, right, it's just, he's so solid he that he really never stands game. out. But he was great. And, and I think you could say the yeah. same for Worrell, considering he was a bit of a fringe player. He had a, had a pretty decent game as well. Um, I think yeah. for me, only. Just really on Moss, other... actually. Just on Moss, if I just add in there. I think it's always a testament to how good a fullback is, as if nothing really goes down that side. Yes, that's true. You know, the opposition don't try to, never try to target against Moss. Um, mm. They never, ever tried to target Moss. Um, which was a testament to how good he was. So he's, yeah, a bit of an unsung hero, maybe. Yeah, he definitely was a lot of times, actually, for us. Um, and we'll wrap this up by, by having a bit of a chat about Simpson, but I think we'll start with his post-match comments because I've been sent... It's not going to be on the highlights to Tampa out, but I've been sent his post-match uh, interview by someone else who sent it across to me today, so that was helpful. Um, so thanks to Paul Coyne. I should name-check him. Really, really helpful, mate. Um, so, yeah, he said, we've done it the hard way all season, I think reflecting on the fact that they never won away from home. Um, and, but he said our determination today was the key. Um, he was pretty good, actually. He praised Barry for their season and the way they played the playoff games, but... Um, kind of was, you know, someone's got to win at the end of the day and it's, it's unlucky for them. Um, he said that Luke Daniels became a huge man today um, from boy to man. And, and it certainly was a performance that kind of made that comment fair, I think. Um, he said after the red, he did wonder whether it would be our day, but he never doubted the character of the players. Um, he said, we always had belief and we wanted to see the lads show that today. And they really did. Um, talked about losing three times at Wembley as a player and a manager. So obviously he's got, <laughs> he's caught the, he, well, he, maybe he gave us the Wembley curse, Ollie. I don't know. What do you think? Well, this is the third one, wasn't it? This is the third time we'd gone to Wembley. Yeah, um, yeah well, maybe so, not. So, yeah, in the middle almost. <laughs> He's just as bad as we are, unfortunately. So, yeah, four times he lost at Wembley. Unlucky. Um, and then, yeah, the last thing, which was really interesting, was he was really positive about the fans, said the fans didn't stop believing. And, and then he had a very, very weird pop at the end of the interview where he said, um, uh, there was some this season that doubted what was going on, was his exact words. And I can remember back now thinking to the pop, for, to the fanzines we did back there and the waveform not being good enough and the fact that we'd only been on the fringe of the playoffs and we'd spent all this money. And I think it was a bit of a knock on to the people that thought we should have been automatic promotion tenders, contenders that season. We probably should have done. Um, but it was interesting that he decided after an amazing playoff victory to just get one little jab in there about that, which was, I thought, hilarious. But it does bring us to Paul Simpson, really, because we're going to wrap up the, the, the two-game Paul Simpson arc, I suppose, from 2009 that we've been doing um, with a quick chat about him. Because I, I think, again, looking back at the fanzines from that time, there was a very big sense of underachievement in this season, even though we end up at the playoff final. I don't know. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah, well, just before I kind of comment, I did put on Twitter before we started this just to ask the fans their opinion, and it doesn't take very long. Paul Simpson and Twitter doesn't take very long for reactions to come through. So in a matter of <laughs> nanoseconds, I had Mark Lynch saying he massively underformed, Paul Kitson underperformed. Um, if you look at... Um, and then Dale Skitt um, basically said he underachieved massively. Alex mm. Crossan... 1,000% underperformed. Lewis Jones then points to have a shocking away form. And it's interesting. So those who play football manager, when you get your scout reports, you get like players rated by stars. Yep. So I think it's fair to say that the team was, the team definitely underperformed. Three away wins all season with Grant Holt, 28 goals, plus Chris Humphreys, who was absolutely lightning. You had um, Ben Davies, who went on to play in the championship. Quite you yeah. had... Darren Moss, who we've talked about, Coughlin and Langmead, and then a really, really high potential um, goalkeeper. So overall, in terms of, he had a really good team. And the funny thing about this team is, yeah, you'd say like Grant Holt was a five-star League Two player. Chris Humphreys, Ben Davies, all five-star players. 
Paul Murray we signed from the Scottish Premier League, so he's you know, like a four-star player. Um, Moss, Langmead, Coughlin, um, McIntyre, um, you know, really, really good players. Um, but I think that, in, in, not in a defence of Paul Simpson, but we also had some players that I just think they think were very good. You know, the subs were really poor. Um, mm. And I, I, I'll get your opinion on the strikers in a minute after I just said, I thought Neil Ashton was a really poor left back and was targeted a lot. Um, I think a bit of a better fallback there would already had a bigger difference. But I'll let you think, share your comments and also lead into you in terms of saying, I think also having a, a second striker would have helped. Yeah, that struggles with me. I mean, Ashley was decent, I always thought, for us. He was never terrible. He, most of the time he'd be like Moss where he never stood out and he was efficient enough at League 2 level. He was never a League 1 player. And I know we didn't get but that. he got anything, targeted in the playoffs and he got targeted in the playoff final. He, he did playoff in final these games maybe. I watched. Yeah, but in general, I'm, I'm talking about it. And he played for us for a long time and, and I think that Town fans remember him more fondly than negatively despite what happened in these two games. But for the strikers, I think, yeah, if you look at where this team fell down this season, it was not having someone at least half as good as, as Grant Holt was to support him because obviously Holt was just on another level. But Chadwick, Walker, Reza, um, and then some of the young lads that I think played occasionally were just never at his level. And he, he he felt like he at that point in time was at the same level as a Ben Davis. They worked well together. He was at the same level as Humphreys. They worked well together. There was just a few other pieces missing. And if we'd had someone that could just bag a few more, I think we would have been automatic promotion contenders. I think you probably could have got away with everything else that was maybe a little bit weaker across the whole season. We just didn't get enough contribution from another striker up front with him. Um, you know, if you'd have had a bishop up there with him, we probably would have won the league. So it's it's interesting, and I look back on this team weirdly quite fondly, even though it didn't achieve anything this particular season. Obviously, we got to playoff final, and that's a that's a good achievement still for a club like us. But you know, again, a little bit like the Paulhurst season, a little bit of what could have been if if there was a little tweak here and there. It was one of those ones that was almost on the verge of of you know the successful season. Yeah, I think we were maybe a left back, a central midfielder, and a striker away from yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. promotion. Um, but I think just to kind of go back to the original point, yeah, he definitely underperformed with his team. Um, I think that's why Paul Simpson is not really remembered that fondly because he had, you know, when, we haven't had a striker um, as good as Grant Holt since, you know, we haven't had a, an out and out striker. Maybe <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, Collins got a bit close. Um, but yeah, Grant, yeah, and, um, Grant Holt is the best striker we had. And to have a player that was, he was almost, and it might sound a bit daft, but I don't think it's daft. He is almost a Cristiano Ronaldo of the league of of league two that season, he was so mm. good. Twenty eight goals is so many goals. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, in, uh, interesting discussion um, and one I'm sure that will rumble on among town fans. Yeah, it depends if we pick another Paul Simpson game to go back to on the Saladcast time machine, and uh, yeah, we'll have to see if we revisit that. Maybe <laughs> maybe look at one of the negative Paul Simpson games. But we've got more positive games to look at next, haven't we, Ollie? And um, yeah. It's gonna. We'll just throw forward to next week before we close off. Really, what have we got to look forward to next Sunday, Ollie? I can't remember, Glenn. I'm still trying to catch up. I've got the finance <laughs> pod to prepare for. Oh yes. we've got that special project we're doing um, for the club, yes, which I'm good. preparing for. Um, so, if I'm honest, I haven't looked that far ahead. I think next Sunday's on my my schedule, isn't it, to look at? But yeah, we have got quite exciting. One of my favourite games at the New Meadow, which was Shrewsbury Town two. Oxford 2 on the 6th of uh, April, um, no, March, 6th of March 2012. Um, everyone will remember this game as the day Matt Richards scored a late goal to keep our unbeaten run at home going all season, which at some points our unbeaten run at home that season felt like more important than what was actually going on in the league table. But yeah, a mad game, a really exciting end to a game and I'm looking forward to going back and looking at that that sort of um, 2012 era really, sort of three years on from the, the Paul Simpson playoff game um, into the Mickey Mellon era really. Yeah, no, it'd be good. It's, it's part of the fun, isn't it, just to go back and remember these players. 
yes. um, and do a bit of bit of kind of not research because obviously we remember these players, but just a bit of refreshing, a bit of um, revision on um, mm-hmm. that's a good word revision on the team, the players, where we were. Um, so yeah, that would be another fun one to get into. And just to flash forward a bit further from that, on Sunday the 19th of April, we've got the 4-3 comeback game where we were 3-0 down to Charlton. Um, uh, that was a good night- game. Yeah, 19th of April, that would be fantastic to watch back. And then the 26th of April, um, getting towards May now, uh, we've got the championship winning game at Scunthorpe where Town won 4-1 in 1994. So some, some real classics to look at. And, and as I say, if you look at the, the Chalap, uh, Town Twitter account, they put out the other games they're showing in between. So they've got like the 4-3 um, League Cup game at Blackburn, Town winning four 0 under Paul Hurst against Bristol Rovers. Um, we've got a really good four uh, three win, four uh, three loss actually. Interestingly, at Berry where Nigel Jemson scored a hat trick. So trying to trying to mix it up when we've been trying to come up with schedule of all sorts of different games from different eras, including one I'm looking forward to seeing, which I've never seen before, which is Town beating Wimbledon one nil in the FA Cup in 1990. So loads of stuff to look forward to from from the from the Salop uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll be busy um, checking Wikipedia <laughs> and get some data and get some stuff. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. This one's, We've gone on for a... Uh, no, we haven't gone on for too long. It's not nah. too bad. Um, yeah, um, hopefully this has been fun, taking you back to that momentous um, memory at Bury. Um, and I guess before you kind of close, Glenn, we're going to use the audio of the town fans chanting, we're off to Wembley um, to kind of sign off on this game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What was your thoughts then? So driving back home, just full of um, of glee and looking forward to Wembley? Buzzing. I, had, I usually drew, drove to every game, so I had, I had the usual car full of the Clackots and my brother, and uh, I think Andy Jones came with us. And yeah, just, I don't know. I, I miss my away days in the car with my really good mates when we used to do the away sports Isn't this the game where Andy Davis told his wife he was going to get some milk and drove to Bury from Hartlepool? I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, he might have mentioned that once or twice before we met him against. But yeah, I, you know, it just makes me reflect on some really, really um, great times I had following town around. And uh, yeah, hopefully we brought that back to everyone. So we should be back next week with the game against Oxford. Cheers, guys. We're going to Wembley! We're going to Wembley!